All right, I will say good morning. Let us let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors, Avram and Shindy Kelman for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month of Chodesh Elul in memory of their parents. We hope in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Slav and Aliyah, and the family a Nechama. We thank our week of learning, Jesse and Rivka Meiravitz, in honor of the birth of a baby boy, to Shmuel and Shira Artman. Mazel Tov to the Artmans. Our day of learning, Yehuda Buchwalter, first of all, a Baruch Haba from Eretz Yisrael, and uh, thankful to be in the, uh, thankful to be in the Shir if he can't be in Eretz Yisrael. Beautiful, though not a mamalamachum for Eretz Yisrael, but Baruch Hashem, we're we're very happy to have you back. The Dafyomi sponsors for today: the Planka family in commemoration of the Eretz site of Rav Yehuda Lo Ben Betzal Maral of Prague. Today on on the 18th of Elul, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Maharal's Neshama will have an Aliyah. All right, so with that, let us begin. A lot to do today, Baruch Hashem, beautiful, beautiful. Gemara, Nemirat Hashem, Mishra Tov, Mitzlachos, a brand new pack. Today's daf is daf nun, 50. We are picking up, Nemirat Hashem, I believe we left off, I believe we left off with Amar Rebbe Lazar, G'dola G'milas Chasadim Yosem in Atzdaka. Is that about right? A little bit lower? Amr Balazar Gadla Ustitzlaka? Beautiful. That's where I it's really I'm sorry? Ain't Staka. Beautiful. Perfect. So that is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen lines up from the bottom. The Amr Balazar. Ain't Staka Mishtalemis Alafi Chasad Shalom. This is actually very beautiful. So Balaza says that Tzdaka Tzdaka is only Mishtalemis. Now Mishtalemis literally means completed. Completed in accordance with the chesed that is inside of it. Now, we'll see what that means in just a moment. Shina Emar. Zero, actually, let's see what it means now. Take a look at Rashi. It's the end of the first wide line of Rashi onto the second wide line. Rashi says, Hanesina, he has stuck. So we'll say, so here's what's interesting. We spoke about this, we began to speak about this yesterday a little bit. Remember, we're focusing on two different ideas, tzedakah and gemilas chasadim. We're going to further, we're going to further differentiate between those concepts right now. But the Maestro, the Gemara says is as follows, that the power of tzedakah, the impact of tzedakah is directly measured, excuse me, is directly measured in accordance with the amount of chesed that is in the tzedakah. Now, what, what does that mean? So now look at Rashi again. And this, this is really very beautiful. Rashi says, Hanasina hiyat tzedakah. So the giving of the money, the giving of the money, that's tzedakah, right? The mitzvah of tzedakah is a very straightforward mitzvah. You give money to someone in need. V'hatorech hua chesed. So what's the, what's the chesed in tzedakah? Tzedakah is the act of giving. The chesed could be in how you give or in what you give. For example, he says, Kigon, this is incredible. So for example, if I give money to an ani, if I give money to an ani, and I leave an envelope, you know, outside my door, and I call up, I say, I, I call up ani, money's outside, come and get it, come and get it. So that's tzedakah. If I take the money to the ani, right, and make it easier for him, that's chesed in the tzedakah. That's chesed in the tzedakah. No pas afuya, 
For example, he says, I give the ani instead of just giving him, you know, a dollar to go get food, I give him a baked loaf of bread. Or instead of giving him money to go get clothing, I give him the clothing. Or I could give him the clothing, at a, excuse me, the money at a time where the prices of wheat are cheap, so he's able to go ahead and buy more for that dollar, get more for that dollar. So this is incredible, we'll say. So what Rashi is explaining over here is tzedakah is the act of giving the money. The chesed is how you give it and when you give it. But the truth is Rashi explains the chesed in one word. It's the Torah. You see, if a person just gives money, that's tzedakah. That's tzedakah. But if you exert yourself for the benefit of the person in need, that's chesed. That's chesed. Chesed is the tircha. Chesed is when I push myself to do something for someone else in order to make their life a little bit easier. Such a profound idea. It's, not, it's the same amount of money. It's the same amount of money. It's the same hundred dollars I'm giving the ani. But the chesed is how much I put myself out there, how much I push myself, how much I inconvenience myself in order to go to make someone else's life just a little bit easier. So therefore, Rabbi Lazar says, in Mishtalemes, the true power of tzedakah is only completed when, only in accordance with the amount of chesed that is part of that act of tzedakah. Because the positive is literally, like we pulled this positive yesterday, literally sow for yourselves chesed, but harvest in accordance, for tzedakah, I'm sorry, but harvest in accordance with the chesed. So the tzedakah is the act of planting, but how much you actually harvest is dependent on the chesed, which is embedded in your act of tzedakah. Absolutely beautiful. You see, also we often bifurcate these two things. There's tzedakah and there's chesed. And here the Gemara is saying, no, the shayla is, how much chesed is there in your tzedakah? And the impact and the profundity of your maizah tzedakah is directly related to the amount of chesed in your tzedakah. It's incredible. In three ways, gemilas chesed and chesed is greater than tzedakah. How so? Number one, tzedakah b'mamono, gemilas chesed and bein begufo bein b'mamono. So tzedakah you do with your money. Right, tzedakah is giving of money. Chesed can be done with your money or with your guf. Right, because remember again, what I said is the interesting part. Tzedakah itself is under the umbrella of gemilos chasadim, of course. So lemaisa again, but chesed is greater than tzedakah in that again, if I do something physical for someone, that's not a maisa tzedakah, but it's a maisa gemilos chasadim. So tzedakah only with money, gemilos chasadim, whether with money, or ultimately, again, with your body. Now, Rashi points out over here, what are examples of gemilas chasadim with your body? Rashi says, gemilas chasadim megufo, kigo maspid lameis, no so vikovro, misamea chasan, malve chavero baderech. So I will say, this is actually very interesting. So he gives examples over here. You give a husband, you give a eulogy. That's chasad, right? You go ahead and you bury the dead. That's chasad. You, your labor day, your misamea chasan vikalo, that's chasad. This last one, Mal Vechavero Baderech, says in interest. What's Mal Vechavero Baderech? You lend your friend money when you and your friend are traveling. So I'm, I'm with my, I'm with my Chaver. He forgot his wallet. It's not Sadaqah. In other words, he has money. He just doesn't have money. He just doesn't have money on him. That, that notion of just going ahead and helping him out 
in that moment, that's chasad. That's chasad. So chasad you could do whether it's with your body, or with your money. Next, the Gemara says, Tzedakah is done for the poor. Tzedakah is done for the poor. Chasad can be done for people whether they're poor or whether they're wealthy. As I was said, at some point in time, everyone needs chasad. Right? Everyone needs to do chasad. But at some point in time, everyone needs to be the recipient of chasad as well. Tzedakah l'chaim. This is beautiful. Tzedakah can only be given ultimately again for the, de- for the living. But chasad you could do both for the living as well as the dead. Pretty, pretty incredible Gemara Bosai. Again, that's the example for the dead. Rashi pointed out, Maspid giving a eulogy, burying, those are all acts of chasad. When a person performs acts of tzedakah, which is charity, mishpat, justice, so the Gemara says, it's interesting, by the way, what does that mean, a person performs tzedakah or mishpat? So I saw it brought down, Svarim bring down, you see this in a couple of different places, that tzedakah or mishpat is one thing. Rabbi Tversky, Dr. Abraham Tversky, actually has a very beautiful piece on this, where he explains that people, people define tzedakah as charity. So what does charity sound like? What is charity? Charity is something very nice, right? It's something very nice, right? You're charitable. So usually that word means, you know, you're, you, you have a midah of charitability. I don't know if that's a word, but you know, you, that, that, that's, it's a nice thing. He says, if you look at the word tzedakah, it's also tzedek. Right? Sedek means justice. So, Rabbi Tversky explains very beautifully that the act of giving tzedakah is not some magnanimous act of charity that shows that one is just such an incredible individual. Tzedakah is sedek, it's justice. Meaning, the Ribbono Shal Olam gave some people money and he didn't give other people money. And the way the world is, works is if you have your obligation is to give. It's not some type of act of charity that's some magnanimous act. It's tzedek. It's the way the world is structured. There are those who have and there are those who don't have. And those who have, have an obligation as the custodians of the Ribono Shal Olam's wealth, because that's what we are, is to provide to those who don't. So it's not some over-the-top, incredible, magnanimous gesture that someone is doing. It's tzedek. It's the way the world works. It's the way the world is supposed to happen. So some bring down that tzedek mishpat is not, is not two different things. It's tzedek mishpat, I'm sorry. It's one thing. It's one thing. Tzedek and mishpat are the same thing because the act of giving tzedek by definition is mishpat. Now, of course, where I come in sometimes is the, in words, we're, we're, as an individual, maybe how much I give, you know, how I give, to whom I give. Those are all choices that I make. But the notion of giving, if you have, that's mishpat. That's mishpat. That's tzedek. That's the way the world is structured and the way the world has to run. It's an incredible yisod. So, but one who goes ahead and loves tzedakah and and that's why again, that's how tzedakah and mishpat kind of go together. They're actually synonyms. They actually really work together. So one who loves tzedakah mishpat, chesed Hashem will fill the entire world with chesed. So if you become a bal tzedakah and you go ahead and ultimately again you give tzedakah, 
you fill the world ultimately again with chesed. I will say, this is incredible. Shema Tomar, Kalabal Likvot's Kopets. But say, maybe you'll, maybe you'll say, you know what? Does everyone, anyone who wants to do tzedakah and chesed has the opportunity to do so? But say, this is incredible. So maybe you'll think again, tzedakah and chesed, those opportunities are open to anyone and everyone. Tamud Lomar, Mayokar Chastacho Elokim. How precious are the chasadim of Hashem? Which sounds about say like what? The opportunities for chesed are not open to everyone. They're not open to everyone. Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Shema kol abalik votes, Velasos tzedakah v'chesed kopets, umaspikin, umamtsiyin lo anoshim mehuganim l'kach. You might think that whoever wants the opportunity to give tzedakah, the Rebbein Hashanah makes those opportunities available to him without reservation. Tamad lo mer may yokar. Sarich lo say slave v'litrach v'lirdof achareha. See, the challenge with staka is knowing that you're giving to a legitimate source, right? Knowing that you're giving to a person who's truly in need. So you might have thought that opportunities for genuine staka abound anywhere and everywhere. Pasik says, Real chesed, real tzedakah, sometimes it's hard to come by. So the Gemara says, Yochel af yare shamayim kein. You might have thought even someone who has yira shamayim might have difficulty finding tzedakah opportunities. Talmud Lomar, the chesed Hashem olam va'ad olam al yireyav. The Pasuk says, the chesed of Hashem is for all eternity is upon those who fear Him. Which also means if a person possesses yira Hashem, a person has yire shamayim, the Ribbono Shal Olam presents him with opportunities for chesed. If I'm not a Yirei Shamayim, the opportunities for Tzedakah and for Chesed are a little bit more, are a little bit harder to come by. So we'll say, what, what an incredible Gemara. Because what the Gemara is teaching us is something so beautiful. The opportunity to give Tzedakah and the opportunity to do Chesed is a schos. It's a privilege. On one hand, it's a mandate, like we just said before, tzedakah mishpat. it's the way the world works. If you have, it's your obligation and mandate to give. But it's a privilege to give. It's a privilege to give. And how do you know it's a privilege to give? Because the Rebbe Shalom does not present everyone with opportunities for genuine tzedakah and with opportunities for genuine chesed. So if the Rebbe Shalom presents you with those opportunities, I should say differently, who does he present those opportunities to? To the Yirei Shamayim. To the person who truly reveres and loves the Ribbono Shalom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewards him, rewards him, ultimately with the opportunities to give and the opportunities to do. See, sometimes we feel like a little bit overwhelmed by all the things we're asked for. What a paradigm shift. Don't be overwhelmed. Say, wow, what is chus? Because if there are so many opportunities, if I'm being asked for so many different things, that must mean that the Rebbein Shalom loves me. If he's presenting me with all of these incredible opportunities, that must be, Chesh who's placing these opportunities right in front of me. The Gemara says that's indicative of the fact that a person is a true Yerei Shamayim. Because only Yerei Shamayim gets presented with opportunities. The rest of the people ultimately sometimes have difficulty finding genuine giving stuck or chesed opportunities. It's such a different way to look at when we're asked for something, not as something being put upon us, but an incredible schus that HaKadosh Baruch was placing in front of us. It's so beautiful. The Yomar goes like there. Any person who has chen. Well, say chen is one of those good words that does not really have a good English translation. Right? How would you translate it? Favor? Right? I'm sorry? Charm. Charm. 
grace, right? Which, which doesn't really help all that much, right? It works better when you say a person, that person has chen. Kind of everyone knows what it means, even though it's a bit difficult to articulate. But chen means all, all of these things, a grace, a charm, a just a certain likability. You know what it is when you see a person who has chen? It's almost like that person is genuine. Genuinity. It's another one for today. You can write that down. That's a new one, right? Right. So a, per, a, pers, a person possesses that, that, that. It's just a genuine person. Person who has chayin, biadu shehu yarei shamayin. But say chayin, chayin is a reflection, ultimately, again, of being a yarei shamayin. Which I will say also often tells you, it's good for us also, because sometimes we don't care about what other people think about us. But it's important to care about what other people think about you because the says sometimes the way the world perceives you is a good mirror to where you're holding in life. And if you don't have chen, if you don't have chen, the Gemara says person, maybe a person has to check. So if a person has chen, I know that, I've, that I'm a Yorei Shemaim. Beautiful. We'll say you could use this one Shabbos night. Right? What does it mean when it says her mouth is open with wisdom? The Torah's chesed al and the Torah of chesed is on her tongue. What does that mean? What does it mean, Torah's chesed? Is there a Torah of chesed, a Torah not of chesed? There are two different Torahs. We'll say, isn't that beautiful? This is. Ella, Torah lishma, Zohi Torah shal chesed. When you learn Torah Lishma, I must say the, the topic of Torah Lishma is a is a big discussion in general what exactly that means. But let's assume for a moment right now on the most basic level that Torah Lishma means I'm learning Torah for the sake of learning Torah, not for my own covet, not so I could know more than anyone else, not so I could show anyone else up. Torah Lishma. I'm learning Torah because the Ribbono Shalom commanded me to learn his Torah. That's Torah Shal Chesed. Shalom Lishma. Person learns Torah for other ulterior motives. Zohi Torah She'en Hashal Chesed. That's a Torah. Ultimately, again, that's not of Chesed. Ike Da'amri, an alternate version. This is so beautiful. Torah Lalamda. Zohi Torah Shal Chesed. We'll say, when you learn Torah with the intention to what? To teach it to others. Then we'll say, that's Torah Shal Chesed. Now, what does it mean to teach it to others? Teach it to others doesn't mean that you learn a sukkah, daf nun, and you go home to your family. Okay, everybody sit down, sit down. Come on, we're doing the daf today together. Yeah, no, 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 you can't play outside. You can't do this. We're learning to... That, 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 that's not, it's not what it means. Lelamda means you take what you learn and you model it. You take what you learn and you instill those values in others. That you know, as we'll say, there are two ways a person can learn Torah. A person can learn the Gemara, and as soon as the Gemara closes, the lessons and the impact is done. It's done. It's an intellectual pursuit that I do for whatever amount of time during the day, but it does not inform anything else in my life. But when, I, when I'm Lilanda, when I take my Torah and I use it to shape everything else in my life, I use it to shape my relationships. I use it to shape my chinuch. I use it to shape how I act as an individual. By definition, I'm teaching that Torah to others by going ahead and modeling those lessons that I've inculcated within myself. The Gemara says, that's a Torah Shal Chesed. Shalom Lamda. But if I just learn Torah and it's very nice, I find it interesting, but it doesn't really, either I don't teach it to others, I don't model it for others, it doesn't inform the rest of the way that I live. Zoti Torah She'ino Shal Chesed. That's a Torah that's not of Chesed. Now both say, again, it's still Torah. Torah is Torah is Torah. And there's, there's, there's ultimately, again, reward and benefit for everything we do. But Lamaisa, what we strive for is that Torah Shal Chesed. Torah Shal Chesed being a Torah Lishma. And the Torah, 
that I don't just learn and close the book on, but a Torah that I learn and that in many ways I teach to others by modeling those lessons that I've learned, ultimately, again, in the way that I live. Incredible. Incredible. We'll say back to Sukkah. Back to Sukkah. Remember again, Nisa Chamaim. So the Mishnah said, the same way we do Nisa Chamaim during the week, we do Nisa Chamaim on Shabbos, with one notable exception, which was, they would fill up the water before Shabbos. Right? They would fill up the water before Shabbos. So the Gemara says, now remember, the Mishnah went out of its way to explain that Halacha Lemaisa they would fill up the water in a barrel, in a gold barrel, that was not consecrated, meaning a non klishares barrel. So the Gemara says, why? What's the problem? Now, the assumption, remember, why, why don't they fill it up in a consecrated barrel on Erev Shabbos? Because remember, again, if they fill it up in a consecrated barrel, it becomes consecrated. If it becomes consecrated, then it is subject to the issue of lina. Remember again, any consecrated item which sits overnight in the base Hamikdash becomes disqualified. So they, what, essentially what they did is they drew the water, put it in a non-consecrated kli, therefore the water doesn't become consecrated. If it doesn't become consecrated, then halacha lamaisa, it's not subject to the prohibition of lina, to which the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, why don't you just go ahead and bring it in a consecrated utensil? So the Gemara says, in shir lamayim, the, so I'll say, so I just want to point out, Rashi points this out, because there's another way also that you could have also avoid this, is go ahead and just fill up much more water than you need. If you fill up much more water than you need, then it's also clear that you're not actively designating it right now for consecrated purposes. And that could also avoid the lean. Amr Ziri says, Kasavar, ain't shirlamayim. First of all, Ziri says, there's no particular shear for water for Nisachamayim. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a floor, but there's no ceiling. The klishares mekachin shalomidas. Furthermore, a klishares is mekadish shalomidas. I will say this is fascinating. So a klishares, which is a service utensil, will consecrate its contents even if you don't have specific intent. So therefore, again, the problem over here is as follows. If you were to put that water into a klishares, even if you did not have intent to consecrate that water, if, if you put it there on Friday, what happens? What happens? It becomes consecrated. And again, there's no shear for the water, see? So therefore, again, however much water you put in there, ultimately it becomes consecrated, even without specific intent, which then means it becomes subject to lina, which then means that by Shabbos morning, it would be unfit for use. Top of, top of nun, today's that. Top of nun. if And therefore, again, Ziri says, because there's no shear for the water, and because number two, aklishari says mekade shalomidas, right? It's, it, it sanctifies, it consecrates even without specific intent. If you were to draw, if you were to put it in a klishari on Friday, the water would become disqualified. That, that's ziiri. Chizkiya amar klishari says mekadeshin elamidas. Chizkiya says it's not true. Actually, klishari is only mekadesh midas. In other words, klishari only consecrates when you have specific intent for it to consecrate. So what's the problem? So we'll say, if that's the case, then what should I be able to do? What should I be able to do? Put the water on Friday where? Where? Into a klisharis. Just don't have in mind that the klisharis should consecrate it. Let the water sit in that. And then Shabbos morning, Shabbos morning, have in mind that the klisharis should be Kaddish water, you're good to go. So why do I have to draw it in an unconsecrated utensil? Ugzeira shemayomru ladas niskachu. We'll say the concern is, the concern is that people won't know. In other words, if that water was drawn in a klisharis, 
people don't know whether or not you had in mind for the Klishar's to be Mekadesh, didn't have in mind for the Klishar's to be Mekadesh, so people would just as easily assume that when you drew that water on Friday, you had in mind for the Klishar to be Mekadesh, and if that's the case, people will reach the logical conclusion that what? That the water for Nisa Hamayim is not subject to the prohibition of Lina. Therefore, in order to avoid that, we draw it in an unconsecrated utensil. Also, I just want to point out, no one's arguing on the statement of the Mishnah, which is the statement of the Mishnah is when, when, the, when they had to do Nisa Hamayim on Shabbos, they would draw the water on Friday in a gold, unconsecrated utensil. Everyone agrees with that. We're just trying to figure out the why. So remember again, so Ziiri says, the problem is, Klisharis is Mekadesh Shalomidas. So therefore, again, if you draw that water on Friday in a Klisharis, that Klisharis automatically sanctifies it, whether you want it to or not. And therefore, by the time you get to Shabbos morning, you have a problem of Lina, of the water having sat in the Klisharis overnight. So therefore, you have to draw it in a non-Klisharis. Chizkiah says, not true. Klisharis is only Mekadesh Lidas which means technically you should be able to go ahead and draw the water on Friday in a klisharis. But what's the concern? People don't know if you did have das or you didn't have das on Friday when you drew the water. So if you draw the water in a klisharis, they'll just as easily assume you did have das for the klisharis to mekadesh the water even on Friday. And the only reason the water is usable on Shabbos is why? Because the water is not nifsa The prohibition or the issue of lina of staying overnight doesn't apply to the water of the Yisachamayim, which of course is an erroneous conclusion. Therefore, in order to avoid that erroneous conclusion, we just use an unconsecrated utensil. So the Gemara says, even if you say that there is a shear for the water, and ultimately again, and klisharis is not mekadesh. In mekadesh alamidas, klisharis only sanctifies with specific intent. The issue over here is gzera shemayomru lekidosh yadayim raglaim malan. People will think something very interesting, which is that halacha lemaisa. Maybe they'll think that the water that you're using was actually the surplus water that was drawn for the Kiddush Adayim Veraglayim of the Kohen Gadol for Yom Kippur, right? Remember again, Yom Kippur was only a couple of days beforehand. Maybe that would, if you take a quick look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Rashi says, the Kohen Gadol Malom, the Kiddushim Bakli, Shemekhan Shem Yadayim Veraglayim, Ela Bamayim Mekudashim Dumya Dekir, Shenim Shach B'Shem and Amishcha, O Mekadish Es Meima, Vehim Lekiddush Adayim Veraglayim, Bav Kiton Shal Zav Shal Yom Kippur, I'm just going to read, Kohen Yadol Kachem and Yadol Veraglov, if you skip a little bit, so we'll say they might think that this water was left over, was originally drawn for the Kiddush Adayim Vraglaim of the Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur. And once again, it's been left over for a while. So you see from here that water used for Nisa Chamaim is not subject to Lina. Okay, it's the same idea. Bizir is just saying people will come to the erroneous conclusion that the water used for Nisa Chamaim is not subject to Lina. So I'm say, so bottom line, bottom line, everyone is agreeing with the conclusion, which is that Halacha Lamaisa, when they did Nisa Chamaim on Shabbos, how would you do that? What would you do? Fill up the water in what? In what? In a golden non-Klisharis. Why? Either because according to some, 
that klisharis will be mekadesh the water on Friday, and therefore again will invalidate the water by Shabbos morning because of lina. That some hold is an actual issue, and some hold no. The klishari, even if you're burning klisharis, klisharis only consecrates midas with specific intent, which means that you can fill it up with the klisharis on Friday and let it sit overnight because it's not mekudash yet. But there's a problem of perception. People don't know that and may draw the erroneous conclusion that the water sat overnight yet is still usable because it's not subject to lino. So again, the only machlokis, I will say here, there's two machlokism that exist. Machlokis number one is yesh lamayim shir, in lamayim shir. Is there a ceiling amount for nisuch hamayim? And machlokis number two is klisharis mekadesh shalom midas or only midas? Is a klisharis sanctify something again only with specific intent or without specific intent? I will tell you that on that piece, the Rambam paskins that klisharis is only mekadesh midas. That ultimately a service utensil only sanctifies or consecrates the contents if there is a specific intent. Good. So the Gemara goes right there. Nishpacha onis gala. So remember again, the Mishnah said that if the water is if the water spilled or the water becomes uncovered, right? Ultimately, again, they would replace the water with water from the kiyor, right? So I'll say. So remember again, this gets into a a general issue of Mayan Megulin, right? That ultimately again, water that was left exposed, that was, was left open overnight, one is not supposed to drink Mayan Megulin. We saw this in Brachas, right? So you leave a cup of water out overnight, you should not drink it the next morning. Why not? Chazal were concerned for what? For snake venom, right? That a snake may come, go ahead and inject its venom into the, into the water, and it's problematic. But I'll, say, I'll just point out the issue of mashkin megulin, which is a halacha in Shulchan Aruch, the issue of mashkin megulin, I, why aren't we careful? Well, some people are careful with this today. Why aren't we as careful with this today? So the Archa Shulchan has a piece where he explains on a very simple level, because we don't, you live really in places with poisonous snakes running around, Baruch Hashem. So therefore, so therefore, again, the issue just has kind of been obviated. So because it was a responsive halacha to an actual situation, people have generally become, but there are people who are definitely still machmir on this, even to today. In any event, the Gimar says, Why can't I use the water? So here's the, here's the situation. I brought in, I brought in water for Nisachabayim. It, it was left open overnight. Mishnah says I can't use it. Why can't I use it? Let me just run it through a strainer. Let me just run it through a strainer and it'll be usable. Why? The Gemara says, Our Mishnah must not reflect the view of Rabbi Nechemia. Because what does Rabbi Nechemia say? Even if you go ahead and you run the liquid through a strainer, Ultimately, again, it's still going to be prohibited because of Mashkin Magulin. Ultimately, liquids left uncovered. Nechemia, no, no, no. Imasai, when is it problematic? Only Bismansha Tachtona Magula. We'll say now the strainer that they're actually referring to over here is for making spiced wine, Rashi's Konditon. So, again, just to, just so you understand, there were like two receptacles. There was, a, there was an upper strainer and then a bottom receptacle, ultimately, again, that catched, the, that, that caught, sorry, the strained liquid, that caught the strained liquid. Shem Nechemia says, when do we say that even if you strained the liquid, now, Bosa, what's the point of straining the liquid? Why are you straining it? In order to go ahead and get out the snake venom, which we'll see in just a moment. So, for, I mean, when you're making spiced wine, that's not the reason you were straining it. The way you made spiced wine is you would take like a, a, a packet of spices and you would pour the wine or the weak wine or water mixture over that, and that would make the wine. Rabbi Nechemia says over here, 
Ultimately, again, if you're trying to strain a liquid that was left open, the only time the strainer doesn't work is if the bottom receptacle is open. Because if the bottom receptacle was left open, then what? Then the snake could have come to that and injected its venom in the bottom receptacle. However, but if the bottom receptacle was covered, even though the upper one was left uncovered, there is no issue of mashkin magulin of uncovered liquids. Why? Because snake venom is like a sponge. Often it floats. It floats in place. So we'll say. So the point the Gemara is making over here. Let's get back to the base amikdash. So even if you left the water for the niso chamayim uncovered overnight, what's the big deal? Just run it through a strainer. Because one thing that everybody agrees with is that what? Is that what? You, if there is venom, you will get that out. You will get that out through the strainer. So why not just run it through the strainer and use the water? To which the Gemara says, Afilu No, no, no. Even Rabbi Nechemi would agree that over here by Nisa Hamayim, you can't imply that process. Why? The Gemara says, When did Rabbi Nechemi say that you could run the water through a strainer and therefore use it? That's for common mundane use. So you, you, you want to drink your water. You want to drink your wine that you left out at night, but you're concerned about Chazal's enactment of Masha Megula, no problem. Run it through a strainer and you're good to go. However, the Gemar Sabal but for the Beis Hamikdash, Mi Amar, ultimately, again, Reb Nechemia say that. After all, Velesa Reb Nechemia, Hakridei Unalip Lepchasecha, Hayetzircha Yisa Panecha Amar Hashem Tzivako. So it was that the Gemara over here quotes the Pasik from Malachi. So Malachi says, the first part of the Pasik is, Vichi Sagishun Iver Lizboach. So Lev Malachi said, would you bring a blind animal, a sick animal, a crippled animal to offer up before our Kaddish Baruch Hu? So the, essentially the idea is, when you offer things up before the Riban Sha'olam, you do a Bederach Kavad. Do a Bederach Kavad. So to start going ahead and straining water to make sure there's no snake venom, for something that's going to be part of the Mizbeach, it just, it's not right. It's just, it's just not, it's not appropriate. So again, you have a personal issue of mashkin megulin, and you want to remedy that by running your wine or running your water through a strainer, absolutely it works. On a utilitarian level, it works. But for gavoa, for the base hamikdash, for actually service purposes, no, no, no. Once, once there's a chashash, we just don't use that water and we'll replace it with new water as befitting the covet of temple service. Beautiful. We'll say, hadjun Allah. Lulav Vara, Bozai Mazeltov, Mazeltov, Mazeltov. Let's say now we are going to get into a parak, which is just every parak is beautiful and every parak is, is special, right? Just like every question is good, except the ones that aren't, right? But but but, but La Maisa, you know, every parak in Shas is is fantastic. Oh, so we're going to see some beautiful, overwhelming agarato over here. And what's great about it is Emirat Hashem heading right into the Yom Tovim. Right into Yom Tovim, which is, which is I, our sukis is going to be enhanced. It already has been enhanced by so many of the Gemaras that we've seen. Incredible. Okay, Mishnah. Hachalil. Chamisha v'shisha. Chalil Abasa is a flute. The playing of the flute sometimes was done for five days, sometimes was done for six days. Zet, what, what flute? And this ultimately again refers to the flute that ultimately again was played 
in the base hashoiva. Now we'll discuss what the base. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here We're going to speak about the simchas base hashoiva. Now the simchas base hashoiva was the celebration that took place around the avoda of nisochamayim. Incredible simcha that took place. Now again, I want to just point out, you know, we spoke about, we've spoken about Nisoch HaMayim. We have not really spoken about the symbolism of Nisoch HaMayim. Why exactly? Remember again, Nisoch HaMayim is incredibly dramatic and unique because we, we have plenty of libations, plenty of Nisochim. They're just usually wine, right? Sukkis is the only time we do a libation of water. So we'll discuss the symbolism of that. I mean, it's pretty much is kind of self-evident from the fact that Sukkis, is, Sukkis itself is really the beginning of the rainy season. And rain, by definition, is the lifeline of Eretz Yisrael. It's the lifeline of everything. But Eretz Yisrael is even more acute. So again, we'll get into this. But the, the flute was played as part of the celebration of the Beis HaShoeva. Beis HaShoeva, again, was the, we'll see the Nisuch HaMayim. But ultimately, again, this playing of the flute is not Docha Shabbos, and it's not Docha Yamtiv. Now, I will say, we're going to see over here, we're going to see over here why that is exactly, that the playing of the flute is not Docha Shabbos, not Docha Yamtiv. Now we understand, by the way, why sometimes the flute was five days, sometimes the flute was six days. How so? If, if Halacha Lamaisa, the first day of Yom Tov coincided with Shabbos, right, then you would play the flute for six days. But if the first day of Yom Tov did not coincide with Shabbos, then you would not play the flute on Yom Tov, and you would not play the flute on Shabbos. You would only go ahead and play the flute for five days. I will say in general, what's the issue with playing instruments on Shabbos? Israel, right? Is, is Tikkun Mana, interestingly enough, is fixing. Is fixing. The concern is that the instrument may break and one may come to fix it. And the act of fixing, ultimately, again, tikkun mana, is in and of itself doma lemalacha. Good. So we'll say, well, we'll analyze that more. I'm a base. I'm a base. Itmar. Ravi Hudav Ravina, Chad Tani Shoeva, the Chad Tani Chashuva. It's very interesting. Two different girsaos in the Mishnah. One opinion said they would play the flute by the Simchas base Hashoeva. And one said by the Simchas base Chashuva. The boss says, it says the Gimara, Amar Zutra, Man de Tani Shoeva Mishtabish, Man de Tani Chashuva Mishtabish. They're both right. They're both right. No one is mistaken. Man de Tani Shoeva Mishtabish. The one who says Shoeva, he's not mistaken. Why Dixiv? Ushaftem Mayim Bissasong. Because the boss said, the Pasik says, you will draw water with joy. That, remember, we've seen this quoted before. From the Navi Yishaya, a remez to Niso Chamayim. So therefore, again, Niso Chamayim is called Ushavtem. Simchas Beis Hashoeva. Literally, again, a celebration of the drawing of the water. Ushavtem Ayim Besosun, you will draw water with joy. That represents the Niso Chamayim. Umanda Tani Mishtabish. And the one who ultimately, again, says... Chashuvas, right? Simchas Beis Chashuva or Simchas Chashuva is also not mistaken. Dam Rav Nachman Mitzvah Chashuvahi that the Mitzvah Nisach Hamayim is a very important Mitzvah Uba Misheshes Gimei Bereishes and ultimately again it was prepared already from the beginning of creation. So both say this notion that the Mitzvah was prepared from the beginning of creation. Rashi says over here 
to Amran Lael, Shisin Nivru, Misheshes, Imei Bereshes, the Kabul Hanasach. And I'm also, this goes back to our Gemara yesterday, that the Shisin themselves were created from the beginning of creation. Right? Why? So now the Gemara kind of, interestingly enough, fills in the blank. So the, the, the Shisin were created for Nisachamayim. Right? From the beginning, that, that, hollow, that hollowed out tunnel from earth, from, from, from we'll call it the top of the earth, ultimately to the Tahom, which was created during Sheishis and Mebreshis, was created for Nisachamayim. So central and so important and so chashuv is the mitzvah of Nisachamayim that literally the mechanism for it was actually created during the six days of creation. Incredible. Tan Rabbanon. So we'll say, so therefore again, just note, note, note to self, when it says, Zel Chalosho Beis HaShoeva, so some have the girsa of Beis HaShoeva, some have the girsa of Beis HaChashuva, and they are both correct, and they're both referring to the same thing, which is the Nisa Chamaim. Incredible. So the Gemara goes, Vaiter, Tan Rabbanon, Hachal Eldoches HaShabbos, Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda, Shabbi Hoshua Yehuda holds that ultimately the chal, the playing of the flute, is docha Shabbos. Is docha Shabbos. Does set aside the halachas of Shabbos. V'chachamim omrim, af yamtiv eno docha. V'chachamim say not only is the flute not docha Shabbos, but what? It's not docha yamtiv. As I will say, you know, I, f- I forgot to mention the second day. Yesterday, Eli and Judy Benzev dedicated the shir. He stayed with Eli, Eli had yard site for his father, Rav Chaim Ari Ben Reb Zev Dov. And yesterday I forgot to announce it. I'm sorry. And today I have the piece of paper sitting right in front of me. It's an incredible use. So something could be sitting right in front of you. But if you don't look in the right direction, you just simply will miss it. It's been sitting literally three inches away from me. So Rav Eli, I apologize. Your father's neshama shav and aliyah. And the family should have a nechama. So therefore, again, we now have a machlokas. Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda says that the flute is docha Shabbos. It is docha Shabbos. Chachamim say, af yamtiv say, no, it's not even docha yamtiv. Forget about Shabbos, it's not docha yamtiv. So the Gemara says, let's analyze. I'm Rabbi Yosef. Here we go. Machlokas b'shir shal karban. What's the machlokas about? So this is, this, is, this is riveting. So the Gemara says as follows. Rabbi Yosef says, the truth is, the truth is, this is a fundamental machlokas about sheer shell carbon. Now remember again, carbon, any carbon, or say carbonos were accompanied, any carbon, carbonos were accompanied by shira. Right? Remember, they, were, they offered up the carbon tamid. Every single day, the Levium would sing the sheer shell yom. Right? A particular, particular capital from, from Tehillim, ultimately, again, for the, reflective of that day's avoda. So listen to this. Rabbi Yossi that instruments, instruments are the Iker of Shira. Right? There is no Shira without instruments. Iker Shira Bekli, which means the primary way to perform Shira is with instruments. So remember again, just follow this train of thought for just a moment. Shira is part of Avoda. Right? Rabbi Yossi holds instruments are integral for Shira. So, if instruments are integral for Shira, and Shira is part of Avoda, and Avoda is Docha Shabbos, therefore what? Sh- therefore, the instruments are Docha Shabbos also, right? Right? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, right? So therefore, again, if Shira is part of Avoda, Avoda is Docha Shabbos, so to the playing of instruments will be Docha Shabbos as well. Incredible. So the Gemara Rabbanon Sabi, no. 
I want to say, you know, Ekashira Bepeh. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. The actual instruments, instruments are a nice part of Avoda, but they're actually not the primary part of the Avoda. The Ekashira is Bepeh. The Ekashira, right, the primary Levitic song was, was sung with the mouth. But therefore, again, the instrument, I will say, what's the role of the instruments? What's the role of the instruments? It's an accompaniment. It's nice. It's every, everyone agrees. Instruments are always beautiful. But So the shira is part of the avoda. The instruments are an add-on. Very nice. But they're not part of the ikr shira. And therefore, again, the ena doches And therefore, they're not doches shabbos. I will say, so this is really, I told you, all right? I feel like I delivered on this. It is quite, it is, it is quite riveting. Right? I will say, so again, we have a fundamental machlokas. Ultimately, again, on the Shira in the Beis HaMikdash. Machlokis Rabbi and the Rabbanon. Rabbi Yossi, the Iker Shira Bekli. Shira can only be performed with instruments. And therefore, again, the use of instruments in the Beis HaMikdash will be Doche Shabbos and, of course, Doche Yamtib. Rabbanon say, no, Iker Shira Bepeh. Primary Shira is by mouth. Instruments are beautiful. They're wonderful. But you don't need them for Shira. Therefore, they're not Doche Shabbos and Yamtib. However, listen to this. Aval shir shal shoeva, but everyone agrees that Allah Maisa, the, the instruments by the Simchas Beishev, which was again the singing that accompanied the Nisa Chamayim, Divrea called Simchahi Veinadokhazabis. Everyone will agree that by Simchas Beishoeva, right, by the celebration of the drawing of the water, Nisa Chamayim, it's not by the way, it's not understand, it's not really the drawing of the water, right? It's the it's the pouring of the water. Okay, but that, that Everyone agrees that the musical accompaniment to that is not, is not part of the avoda. It's what the Gemara calls simcha. What's simcha? What's simcha? Kishmok, you know, what's, what's simcha? It's part of the joy. It's part of the celebration. But it's not part of the Igra avoda. Therefore, everyone will agree that what? That Allah says, not tocha Shabbos, not tocha Yantib. Which is why in the Mishnah, you find no machlokas about that particular nekuda. Everyone will agree. So I will say, at most, there's a machlokis Rabbi Yossi in the Rabbanon about general shira. Is general shira bepeh? Is general shira bekli? But when it comes to the instruments of the simchas beis ha everyone will agree that's not part of the mitzvah. It's only simcha, and therefore not toch Shabbos, not toch yantah. So I will say, now let's, this is really very interesting because this is a fundamental machlokis about the beis ha So Rabbi Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef will say, minah amin Allah. Rabbi Yosef, so how do I know that this is the machlokas? How do I know that the machlokas is really about the fundamental nature of Shira? The Sanya, because we learned Klishares, Sha'asa, and Shal Eitz. Let's listen to this interesting conversation here. What happens if you make a Klishares out of wood? Well, so you know what? We're going to stop over here for today. I'm going to leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Don't worry, by the way. We'll, everything will equal out. At some point in time. Right, the, the, the universe always writes itself in your session. But we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. We'll stop. We'll pick up your session again with the rest of this discussion tomorrow. Shkoyah. <laughs>